That's called the Dance of the Seven Veils. And yes, beloved listeners, we're about to uh, to discuss belly dancing with two male belly dancers. Uh, this style of dance dates back to the Ottoman Empire back then and uh, even now. It's not uncommon to see men wriggling their hips in uh, private, in weddings or on other family functions. However, public performances have really been dominated, of course, by women. But now male belly dancing is enjoying a comeback. And tonight I'm going to be speaking to Chris of Melbourne, that's uh, his stage name, and Rashid Alexander, who's in the Netherlands, uh, two exponents of the traditional art form. Welcome, Chris. Welcome, Rashid. Chris, can you give me a potted history, well, a pot belly history, if you like, of belly dancing as you understand it? Oh, well, thank you for the introduction and for having us on. Um, basically, the dance has gone through, you could say, a number of changes over the last century. And essentially, the style that we know today has had many, a myriad of influences. From the Ottoman Empire, we have the Egyptian style, the Turkish style. We have influences, you know, going back to the Romani people uh, from Indian and Persian influence. But essentially, 1926 is when a lady called Badia Masabni put it on the stage. She fused a few different styles. And I guess it's been a progression from there onwards. I understand the Romani people are also practitioners. Uh, yeah, look, they pre- what they practice is not, not exactly oriental or belly dance, as we would call it, but it does have a lot of commonalities. They have their own dance, which some would call folkloric, some wouldn't call it folkloric. But, yeah, they are practitioners of a style where they use tucks of the stomach and undulations and shimmies and a lot of interesting footwork. Rashid, you originally came from a, a Caribbean island. How did you become interested in the art? Well, I come like, like you said, I come from Curacao, it's in the Caribbean, but I was living in the Netherlands since I was a little boy when I was six years. I went to a theme park here in the Netherlands, and that was the first time that I saw Oriental belly dancing. And from that time, I was like really inspired to um, study this art form. Rachid, what was the reaction from your family and your friends? Well, <laughs> they were a bit surprised because it's a dance, like you said before in the introduction, that is mostly dominated by women. But now you see like um, a lot of men doing it as well. But by that time, they were pretty surprised because I come from a dance family also. They were not against it, but it was a little bit surprised that a little boy wants to do belly dancing, like, you know, moving with his hips and, you know, doing gesture with his hands. So it was unusual, but there were pleasantly surprised as well. There was a headmaster at your school who wasn't so enthusiastic. Tell me about him. <laughs> yes, because at that time also there was some kind of like a stigma or there was a particular type of view what belly dancing was about. And what they, the knowledge that they had about oriental belly dancing was that it was a little bit sensual, a bit sexy. But I showed them that it could be like really different and showed them the knowledge what really oriental dance is. It's just like a dance to celebrate um, like an event or like an happening that is uh, a happening. And 
I had to show them that there is a different aspect also of Oriental dance. So that's why he was a little bit skeptical and he wasn't so fond of the dance and <laughs> performing at the school on the, on the school premises. Chris, how did you get involved? So because being from a Greek background, we have belly dancing, which we call Siftateli. So socially, I was around it and I liked the music. And um, it was 2006 when I started doing classes officially in Melbourne for about six, seven months. And then the end of that year, I started a string of, you could say, semi-non-professional performances. <laughs> um, from there on, I sort of, the interest became a passion, became, you know, one of my careers. And yeah, 18 years later, here I am, I guess. I understand that when you were quite young, you saw a few dancers and were absolutely fascinated by the movements. I did, yeah. I think I saw a few when I was maybe 2004, like a few years before I started officially, and I couldn't believe. I thought, wow, there's one instrument, which we call taksim, where it's an instrumental solo, and the dancer was doing hand movements and isolating the body. Then later on, the drum beat started, dum, dum, dum. And the dancer started shimmying. And I thought, wow, how is this lady, this almost like a, a god figure, how is she doing this? I was amazed and perplexed. And that really sort of sparked something in me, I think. Now, Chris of Melbourne, can you uh, outline the different styles of belly dancing that uh, Rashid was mentioning? I've only seen it in Egypt. I can, yeah, very briefly. Um, we could say that the main two styles of the last century are the Egyptian and Turkish styles, and they vary significantly in a number of areas. So, for example, the Egyptian style, you know, being in Africa, Africa is generally, it has a lower centre of gravity, you know, if you look at Sudanese or Moroccan dance. So that means Egyptian style uses a lot of really heavy, intricate hip work. The shows traditionally would be, you know, one hour, two hours, three hours. Also, the focus is on like an emotional journey of the dancer. Uh, also due to, you know, obviously, as we all aware, culture plays a big role in anything. So Egypt and Turkey are different in that sense. Um, the navel is not allowed to be shown due to a law that was passed, as well as floor work, which was banned. Now, if we look at the other side of things, Turkish style is very, you could call it, I guess, dramatic, energetic. Usually a dancer would traditionally do a 20-minute set, and it would include, always include, you know, veil and finger symbol use. Whereas in Egypt, they tend to use the cane more and some of their folkloric dancers. So, for example, um, Saidi is one of them. Often, a lot of the Turkish dancers as well, they would have detailed beading and fringe on their costumes, which fringe was not very common in Egypt. The costuming was a little bit different. Rashid, um, you, you are very peripatetic and you now travel the world not only performing but teaching belly dancing. What's been your experience in the way people from, well, different cultures learn the dance? Well, in different cultures, they have a different view also of Oriental dance and they take a different approach also to this dance. Like Chris was telling the different varieties that you have in Oriental dance, like the Turkish, Egyptian, Moroccan, Lebanese, and even each country, they combine their own culture and their own, their own particular moves also, they incorporate it in Oriental dance. So you get like an amalgam or a, a different kind of flavor of Oriental dance in each country and each place where they practice this dance. 
I understand that in the Netherlands, most of the uh, the men you teach are usually from Arab countries, but uh, feel not comfortable learning in their own culture because of well strict gender roles. Yeah, that's I saw also and and experienced it also because in each culture, like like I said, or each 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 country, they have like specific gender roles. For example, when I was living in 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 the Middle East, you can clearly see this, and you will not see so many, for example, uh, male um, or or men in, in in the classes. But for example, if I go to Russia or I go to Japan, China, you will see or Mexico even. Um, in the in in South America, you will see more men because they are more open to the dance form. They are like more open to explore it also. So they have like different kind of youth to it. Chris, I'm 84, so it's a bit late for me. But uh, why are younger men wanting to learn belly dancing now? Look, I think men have always been involved in the dance. So essentially, why are they wanting to learn it now? Um, I think there's two reasons, uh, two answers to that question two parts, I should say. One of them is the fact that there was a huge boom, as Rashid and you probably remember, maybe 20 years ago. There was a lot of, I guess, uh, pop culture references with Shakira using belly dancing movements and music. There was uh, Akon, he had a song called Belly Dancer. Beyonce did it as well. So that was part of it. And I think the other part is that societies in general have become a lot more liberal, open-minded, you know, respecting and okay with, he's a man, but he wants to do a dance that is traditionally in the, the mind of the West and of the East associated with femininity. But I think, yeah, society has changed quite a lot and also seeing that in pop culture as well. Well, when you uh, first wanted to learn, uh, some teachers would put up a sign saying women only, but that's changed. Yeah, I do remember there was, uh, I think, one teacher in Melbourne who specifically advertise, you know, this is a ladies' class, females only or ladies, something like that, ladies only. And I, I sort of got a bit, um, I was shocked. I thought, oh, okay. But, yeah, I don't think that happens at all anymore, you know, given the large amount of male dancers. Rashid, is there a difference in the way men and women approach the dance? Yes, you have to have some overlapping, but it is um, different because women, the most of the time when you see in, in Egypt or in other places that they are a little bit more, they can be a little bit more expressive and sexy in the dance, where you see men doing a little bit more contained and not so much being too sexy with the gestures and the movements. I'm glad you've raised the issue of sex. Chris, uh, it's often portrayed as a, a sexual dance and sometimes promoted as a fertility dance for women. Is that uh, a part of the culture? That's a very good point. Um, I think it has a lot to do with sensuality, meaning oriental or belly dance, and it's often portrayed as a sexual dance. But I think the two terms are often used interchangeably and confused. I would say, look, there's a big difference between them. It is linked intrinsically to eroticism, you know, because of the nature of the moves, the hips, the torso, the arms. Uh, The final result, though, I think it's up to who is dancing. So, you know, does the dancer have artistic and, you know, cultural knowledge? Are they culturally aware? Or is it a commercial dancer who maybe has limited training and experience? Yeah, so I think essentially it's up to them. But in terms of fertility, I am a researcher, and Rashid will probably be aware of, you know, the history as well, that we don't have any particular evidence to show that it is a fertility dance or, 
look, I, I've heard that it's about the womb and goddesses and birthing rituals. And, yeah, that <laughs> uh, well, it's this, simply not true. Yeah. This has been one of the strangest stories we've done on the program for quite a while. We have been belly dancing, beloved listeners, with Chris of Melbourne and Rashid Alexander, proponents of the traditional art of belly dancing. And if you want to see their dance videos, click on their names, Rashid and Chris of Melbourne. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.